Welcome to this week's Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. All right. We're here in September, post-Labor Day. Everyone talks about the gloom and doom for September. So let's see what the stats say and what do you see in, from your per- perch? <clears throat> yeah, well, um, we had an interesting you know, week there uh, before the you know, before the start of this month, um, as we kind of rolled over from that Friday on that Friday and then, uh, kept, uh, kept going. So, um, I think, you know, I think the seasonality went pretty much as expected, uh, for the end of August. I mean, we just, cause we had such a, a big launch on the Thursday before the five day windows, you know, well, the five day window was starting on Thursday, but it used up all of its energy there. And so, um, then from there, it was just pull, kept pulling back and, um, and then the first day of September also uh, supposed to be down, and then the first Friday uh, of the of September, you know, performance was pretty benign. So, um, I mean, it checked all their boxes. Uh, I really like having a seasonality perspective, even if there are other, you know, counterweights and catalysts and other things to consider. I just I just like knowing what's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would happen if these other things didn't interfere? Uh, and sometimes the seasonality still wins out even with other, you know, catalysts. But uh, if you can get them lined up in the same direction, you know, seasonality plus a catalyst, then, uh, you know, then you're canoeing with the flow of the river, right? Correct. So um, let's just take a little run here at the futures. It's been an interesting um last two hours here since uh oh sorry last five hours since they opened um <clears throat> they've uh, been bouncing around quite a bit so the uh dow jones um i mean see the thing is these things were way up right when they opened mm-hmm. um we rallied um and we've come we've come so when i read off these numbers we've already come off the highs significantly right so the Dow Jones futures right now are up 144 points or 0.46 percent. Uh, S&P is up 19.75 points, 0.5 percent. Nasdaq's up 82.25 or 0.68 percent, and Russell's up 14.781 percent. Now, the uh, VIX is. Uh, you know, been dropping here uh, a little bit from the high that we had on Friday. Um, you know, we've got uh, China stimulus happening. Uh, so they're, you know, they've gone the way of zero tolerance, locking everything down. And now they're having to put in a lot of stimulus um, into the economy to make things work, I guess. And We've kind of seen that movie already. Um, we've, you know, we've been through it, and now we're in a time where uh, stimulus is kind of over. And September is an interesting month for the Fed because uh, there's an aggressive uh, quantitative tightening. So they're, they've been a little bit uh, behind schedule through the summer. Um, so it's going to hit uh, here in September and October. Um, quite uh, aggressively. So we, we still have rising rates and plus we have the QT. 
so the backdrop is not looking that good on a on a macro basis. Um, so it you know it's always surprising how bullish the market likes to s- start pre-market or at the open and then we and then we sell off, right? So um, you know here we're going into Tuesday, which is a shortened week, and we're seeing that the futures are up ahead of that. So we'll see how they are pre-market. But uh, we've seen this movie before, too, where futures are up pre-market, market gaps up. It was amazing on, on Friday. I mean, the average gap uh, on all my list was like 1.38% for the stocks, right? And uh, then immediately, you know, everything sells off, right? Fills the gap. So um, I love those kind of days, but... We'll see if we get another one like that. So normally in September, there's not much cause for excitement until the last week of September. So why don't you uh, rattle off a few things there? Yeah, what I got here is um, since we've passed the beginning of the month seasonality, that first Friday, the first day of the month, and we're still kind of early for the mid-month seasonality and options of inspiration, this is kind of a gap week here. So I thought we'd focus on the monthly seasonality for September. So for the sure. entire month, what ETFs or what indices might be uh, advantaged or disadvantaged? And so for the entire month of September, the spider is expected to do minus 0.19. And that's about the same for the diamond. So the Dow and the S&P expected to be slightly down for the entire month of, of September. Um, the Qs are expected to do slightly worse, minus 0.27%. And um, one that's better is actually the small cap. So IWM, the Russell 2000, that's expected to be pretty much break even, minus 0.002. So um, we might be able to see some plays of Russell stocks outperforming some of the mega stuff. And it's also seen in um, the big cap stocks themselves. So I looked at um, the, the mega cap stocks, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, NVIDIA, to see how they would do on the month. And they actually perform quite worse than the average themselves. So Apple, minus 1% for the month. Google, minus 0.95. Microsoft, minus 0.47. Tesla, minus 2.3%. But um, Amazon's up slightly, 0.44. And NVIDIA is up 3.1%. So some of these mega cap plays um, from the short side might be good. And um, some of the smaller stuff might be a little stronger. And then within the ETFs themselves, um, basic things that are uh, stronger would be basic materials, XLB, uh, financials are flat for the month, uh, XLF, XLI, slightly positive, 0.88% for the month, um, and discretionary, XLY, positive for the month, and chips, SMH, 1.59%. So that was seen in NVIDIA and in the SMH. And then the ones that are weaker, um, XLC, minus 2%. XLE minus 1.25, XLK technology minus 0.23, staples down minus 0.31, utilities, healthcare, real estate down big minus 1.99, and ARC minus 1.66. So it's kind of mixed there, but um, there are some little bits of glimmer of things that might do better than others. So check out the um, monthly seasonality dashboard on the Stock Odds website. And um, those are just some of the themes that I saw there. And then we have some economic data. Nothing big, though. Tuesday, there's ISM Services Index. 
Wednesday, some Fed speak and um, the beige book. Thursday, initial jobless claims and consumer spending. And then Friday, wholesale inventories and a couple more Fed, Fed speakers here and there. So that's the, the backdrop to the week. So, um, uh, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Um, just a reminder that, um, you know, the fall season, especially in an election year, um, there can be a lot of uh, mergers that, uh, you know, are attempted to, you know, there wouldn't be consummated yet, but they, they would start. Um, and, you know, plus we see a lot of challenges in the economy, different companies uh, struggling. Uh, and so that argues for it as well. We have one that was announced uh, here today. We have uh, CVS um, going to buy Sig Sig Signify Health, that's S-G-F-Y. So CVS is the ticker buying C or S G F Y. Um, that's a $8 billion deal. Um, it's all cash. So, um, <clears throat> you know, generally uh, if companies don't want to dilute and they do have the cash on hand or they can raise it fairly low cost, then, um, and, and if they're feeling that the market has been discounted, which I think, that would be the argument this year um, that, uh, you know, it's better to use cash. Mm -hmm. So uh, that doesn't mean it's that tradable. There is a certain way that you can trade deals. Um, like you have to be a bit creative with how you do it, but uh, they can be traded. But the better deals are the ones that are stock for stock because then you have this contractual relationship. You have a a fixed ratio of stock and stuff, and uh, it's a much easier to trade like like you would a pair. But in this case, a merger is even more tied together than a pair would be. Mm -hmm. So just a reminder for the fall season. Um, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff to uh, to come out yet. I mean, we're seeing, you know, weather is is being a problem. Civil unrest is being a problem. Uh, inflation is still a problem, and I don't think we've seen the, the the last of it or the worst of it yet. So um, I think we have to be, you know, pretty shrewd here with and, and uh, you know that's why we started. Um, you know, we had a long only list going from we were we were doing long and short in April and and before we started a long only list kind of at the end of April and um, and that would be long the stocks plus hedged with you know either sector ETFs or market ETFs or your choices to you know go at just with the stocks rather than hedging but um, we're going to do long and short ideas and the, and the and the reason is that that's how we normally trade because on down days you need your shorts to have the same volatility opportunity that your longs do, or better yet, if your shorts have even greater potential to decline than your longs. Um, and the problem with some down days when you're just doing the ETF, it's already statistically muted. So it doesn't, doesn't give you proper coverage unless you're willing to increase the amount of uh, capital on the hedge, you know, towards beta adjusted and more um, to compensate for 
you know, the type of day. Um, so when you have long and short ideas, both, this gives you tremendous opportunity to, you know, sell a gap day on the upside. You have different things you can do. You could, you know, sell an ETF and wait for it to pull back, then buy your long stocks, or you could sell your basket of short stocks into the gap up and, you know, wait for them to pull back. You could cover them and lock in profit, or you could buy your uh, long stocks on the pullback. Um, you could have the market ETF still standing by in case you get caught. So it just opens up a lot more opportunity to, you know, wisely execute. And that's a big part of basket trading is tackling each day, not with just, not just with the ideas of long and short, but how do you execute, you know? A flat day is very simple. You know, you just want longs and shorts, right? A gap up day could look different. You may not want to buy some of those longs that are gapping up, you know, significantly more than the market ETF. Because what happens like on Friday, like everything that gapped up pulled back and more, right? So had you only done shorts on Friday, you'd be golden. Easier said than done, but that's that's the message I want to drive home, that it's really about executing, right? So uh, anything else on the news front? Oh, uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned China's stimulus. I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty big, and, and especially if you are trading anything that's sort of in the small cap space, sometimes that really responds um, if you're – you know, trading anything that has China exposure, sometimes that really responds when, you know, kind of the same thing as our markets did. You know, when we came out of the hole in, with COVID in uh, 2020, uh, you know, it was the stimulus that was really giving people a confidence that they could go into the market. And that's where a lot of the stimulus money ended up was in the market, too. So that's not necessarily good. That creates bubbles and things. But um, anyway, China's uh, going to do more stimulus so okay and the Nord Stream uh, shut down into Europe the natural gas I mean but but natural gas is actually down this day well yeah I mean oil's up because this you know pathetic little uh you know <laughs> little little thing <laughs> with OPEC I, I just I just find this whole area quite <clears throat> humorous and not so humorous at the same time but um so yeah, oil's oil's up a little bit uh, on that um, this afternoon here. Uh, what is? Let me see here. It, I'll just uh, checking it again here. So it's up one. West Texas is up one seventy eight, so two point zero five percent. And uh, Brent crude is actually down slightly. So West Texas is responding better. Gasoline is up a little bit, but you're right. You know, natural gas is down a percent, right? Um, what's happening in the currencies? You know, we've had such a strong U.S. dollar now. On Friday, it did pull back slightly. Well, actually, Friday Friday was an inside day on the U.S. dollar, and then. 
today we did pop up a little bit and then uh, pull back so with the futures uh, but the euro has uh, gone through the the dollar there eh? in my mindset <clears throat> yeah um, so still not a case you know still not a case for gold and and silver and I mean they are popping up a little bit the last couple of days but and we just really even in the declining week we had they just they weren't responding mm-hmm. so um, I mean this is the recession thing for copper uh, but you know if there was a lot of fear and panic you might see a little bit more out of gold I guess the I guess the US dollar is the one that's it's you know got the leadership on the defensive posture for now and until that stops you know it's pretty hard for these commodities to really rally with a strong dollar it's it's just historically I've seen that it's very very tough Um, but if the dollar does start to pull back aggressively we've mentioned this on the show before um, then uh, I definitely would uh, pay a lot more attention to those commodities because they should pop yeah. And the okay. tenure. Well, okay. anything else? Well, the tenure it's at three point two two now, so it's quite come up quite a bit since August. Yeah, yeah. it's up a little bit today as well. Well, I think we're more focused now on that three point eight percent target, and then obviously staying up there longer than people have, would have expected. Um, I think we're factoring that in. Um, doesn't mean the market's happy about it, but you know, I'm still. Uh, September and October are very uh, treacherous uh, months. I mean, when a lot of bad things happen in these two months, historically. So keep that in mind. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Benjamin Tanu's tweet, but uh, he said uh, Israel's been on the defensive concerning all these things that are going on in the Middle East there. Uh, but as of November 1st, he said uh, Israel will move to the offensive, hmm. no longer playing defense. So just think what that might mean. Um, and, uh, you know, this, like I said, civil unrest is uh, becoming a hotbed around the world, many, many countries. And we've got everything's political nowadays, right? All, all the governments and I mean I was looking at stuff from Brazil my daughter's in Brazil and uh, you know Supreme Court court overturned uh, president uh, on a lot of issues and also blocked his social media now Instagram Facebook and uh, telegram is telegrams banned in the whole country mm-hmm. so you know the Supreme Court's gone bonkers there I mean basically you're looking at it moving towards a dictatorship Mm-hmm. So it's uh, democracy is being challenged on all fronts, my friend. Yep. So we'll let you go. Have yourself right. a good night and good preparing for tomorrow. Okay. All right. Good luck. Thanks.